in the Bible, it talks about a lot about how we are basically the bride of Christ. Christ is coming back for his church. We're the church. He's the bridegroom. Longing and waiting for his bride. We're it. Sometimes that can look so crazy and sound so crazy. But Christ is coming back. The groom is coming for the bride. You are the bride of Christ. You're in this room for a reason. You see banners, and we've talked about it many times. We declare war. We're not out here trying to do a militia or do something crazy, but we're making a statement against the enemy. Devil, I need you to hear me. We declare war against you. Yeah, yeah. You hear what I'm saying? And the focus right now with declaring war against the enemy is on distractions. More than ever before, distractions are eating up everything. Eating things alive. The devil is not going to try to do all these other crazy things. The biggest lie the devil's going to give you, church, is that you have more time. You don't. The lie is that you have time. So if you have time, I sit back and relax. There's no time like the present time right now. We declare war against distraction. Distractions are eating everything alive. We're easily distracted and we focus on the issue and we don't focus on the God that can fix the issue. Distractions will eat us alive. And then we wonder where God is in that moment and he's right there, but you're so focused on the distraction. Like I said with Daniel, or with David, David looked at his brother as the problem, but when he turned his back towards the distraction and faced the real enemy, his victory was right in front of him. You've got to stay focused. You have to stay focused no matter what. No matter what distractions come your way. No matter what distractions happen. I don't care if it happens at work. I don't care if distractions happen within the church. You have to stay focused. If you're more distracted and worried about whatever's going on and you didn't even worship because all you thought was trying to complete the band or anything else, you've missed it. Or whatever else is going on. You've got to focus through everything. More and more, because the enemy is trying to distract everybody to lose focus on what the real deal is. The real focus. Let me read you a scripture. We get right into this. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. This has been starting to me. I can't use it. You ready, church? The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of the ten bridesmaids. Who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Pause. So you got to think about this. There is distraction after distraction after distraction after distraction. And Jesus is like, I need y'all to sit down for a minute. I need to talk to you. Let me give you a parable real quick. What's the kingdom of heaven like? Well, let me tell you what the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of the bridegroom. Who took their lamp and went to meet the bridegroom. 
Five of them were foolish. Five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise and took enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and they all fell asleep. At midnight, somebody shout midnight. At midnight, what happens at midnight? At midnight, they, they rose, they were aroused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. There was a sound, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up, prepared their lamps. The five foolish ones asked the other, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some oil yourself. Haters. Go buy some oil yourself. But while they were gone buying the oil, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the marriage feast. And the door was shut and the door was locked. Later, when the other five returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. You do not know the day or the hour of my return. I want to give you my title, but I need your help to tell somebody. This, this is for you to help me out today. Can you look to your neighbor and tell them my title? Say this to your neighbor. Mama didn't raise no fool. How many know mama didn't raise no fool? You don't have these situations and stuff goes on. You're like, mama didn't raise no fool. Your kids try to pull one on you. Mama didn't raise no fool. How many know you find yourself in those positions where you're like, Mama didn't raise no fool? So here's what we have. We have bridesmaids, and they have a lot in common. They were all female. In the other translations, it said that there were ten virgins. They were all virgins. They were all at the same place at the same time, waiting for the same event. They had the same opportunity. They had the same exposure. They had the same experiences. They had the same lanterns. The only thing that was different is five of them brought an extra jar of oil. And five of them didn't. Everything was the same except for the fact that five of them brought extra and five didn't bring extra. Five of them did not underestimate how long it might be or what might come or what might happen next. They brought extra oil. Basically, they're saying, listen, guys, I need to be ready. I'm going to get extra oil because I need to be ready for the bridegroom. Five of them were prepared for the unexpected. Five of them just didn't prepare at all. They had the look. They had the dress. 
They had the lantern. But they had no oil. There's a lot of people amongst us. They have the look. They have the dress. They got the slogan. But they have no oil. They look the part, but they have no oil. At the end of the day, either you have it or you don't. Either you've got the oil or you don't got the oil. And what's going to make the difference? The light. You can talk all you want about the light, but until you turn it on, it ain't going to be better. It's not enough just to look blessed. It's not enough just to look like a Christian. It's not enough just to walk and talk like one. If you don't have no oil, you're not ready for the blessing. How will you handle the fact that all ten of them had potential? All ten of them had the same potential. All ten of them had the possibility. But potential is painful if it's not taken advantage of. If it's not maximized. If it's not fully used. If it's not fully extracted, potential becomes painful. All of them have potential. There's so many people that have so much talent and potential, yet they remain unsuccessful. Stagnant. Letting everything distract them. There are people in prison with so much talent. There are people on drugs with talent. They have all the talent. But having talent isn't enough. Having potential isn't enough. How you steward the talent determines whether you go up or whether you go down. It's a terrible thing to have great potential and poor results. It's a terrible thing to have opportunities that you fail to act on. That end up in torment. That it becomes somebody else's hater because they did more with their opportunity than you did with yours. Amen? Distracted and they're not prepared, 
and they think they spy a lie of the enemy. You got more time. You got time. I'll tell you that. Mama didn't raise no fool. I'm getting ready. All God gives us is opportunities. How we steward the opportunity is up to us. You can blame your mama. You can blame your daddy. You can blame your sister. You can blame your brother. You can blame everybody. You can blame your whole family. You can blame the community. You can blame the president. You can blame your size. You can blame your weight. There's all kinds of stuff we want to blame. Blame whatever you want to blame. But you're only playing games with yourself. You fell asleep with no oil. You fell asleep unprepared. You fell asleep because you thought it would be easier than it was. Oh, this is easy. You fell asleep. Isn't it crazy he fell asleep? Jesus had that same experience too. He was trying to, he's telling these parables, but then later on before he goes to the cross, he's trying to tell Peter, guys, wake up. This is my time about me. Why do you keep falling asleep? I just need you to wake up and be, be prepared. I need you to just stay alert. Why are you sleeping? <coughs> they all fell asleep. And there's nothing worse than, re than the regret that comes from getting serious too late. Woo. Nothing worse than that regret. I'm, I'm serious now, but it's too late. Man, that's good stuff. I'm serious, I'm going to be able to do it, but it's too late. There's nothing worse than regret than getting serious and it's too late in marriage. It's too late in ministry. It's too late in your business, in your leadership role. Trying to get serious right now, it's too late. Now you're trying to get serious? Well, it's just too late now. So much regret. They were all in the same place, church. At the same time, wearing the same outfit, carrying the same lantern. And they all fell asleep. Well, he's not in my timing, so I'm just going to doze off there. God's on his time, not yours. So what do you do when you find yourself just dozing off? You doze off, you're going to miss the opportunity that's going to be at hand. Listen, there was five wise and foolish. They all fell asleep. The wise even slept.
They, the prepared and the unprepared fell asleep. I'll say it again. Come right here so you can hear me. The prepared and the unprepared all fell asleep. And here's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with groggy churches.
tell you, it's time to wake up. It's time to, I got my bell today. Hello. The alarm. I woke up. The ten that jumped, we're dealing with a sleepy church. But, but what if? I'm blessed in my single life. I'm blessed in my marriage life. 
I got to have extra oil. Don't matter if you're old. You got to have extra oil. Well, my time has passed. No, you're breathing. Your time is now. You still got lungs. You still got life. Now's the time. And I'll say this to anybody that feels old and out of place and outdated or whatever you want to call it. God's not done with you. God still wants to use you. You're still valuable. God wants to use everything you have. Maybe your hands can't do much good, but your mind's not dead. And you can still share all your knowledge with somebody else. God wants to use you. He still wants to use you. You got stuff to do. You got a place to go. You got people to see. You got to have extra oil. Extra oil means if it takes all night, if I have to fight all night, if I have to do this all night, if it takes all month, if it takes all year, I brought extra oil to sustain me to whenever he comes, to whatever that is, I got extra oil for that. I got some more. I wish the devil would try to take more. Like, where's the fight at? You know what I mean? Like, we got to be fighting. Don't get distracted. Having lanterns with no oil means you're dependent on him coming during the day. You just expect that he's just going to come during the day. That's why you got no oil. He's just going to come on your time because I just needed at this time and this, you know, it's a little hot here. So if he can come around here while it's still daylight, I don't have to deal with all that. You expect him just to come during the day. But it says at midnight. Somebody say midnight. Midnight. That means your greatest blessing is at the most unexpected time. At midnight. You stay focused and you don't get distracted and let the Holy Spirit guide you and shape you. That means your blessing may not be convenient. It is foolish to have prepared for what is about to happen in your life. 
people are half preparing and thinking they're going to get the full result. No. And like most foolish people do, when the time came, they were ready. And guess what they did? They looked to the wise. They talked about it in verse 8. The foolish were wanting more oil. The wise said, go get your own. There's not enough for all of us. You're going to have to go buy your own oil. It's not my fault you didn't prepare. It's not my fault you didn't take it serious. It's not my fault you keep giving up. Somebody's got to get blamed for it, right? It's not my fault. Whatever he's going to do in your life, church, is going to be bigger than your own plans. It's going to be bigger than your preparation. It's going to be bigger than your strategy. God is going to blow your mind. I've said it. I'll say it again. You've got to have extra oil. You can't get distracted. Mama didn't raise no fool. Get some oil. Can I help you? Can I help some people today? I'm almost done. I know you're here watching somebody get splashed. But I'm almost done. Can I help you? With the guilt that comes when you have enough, but you attract people who don't. Let me say that one more time. Can I help you with the guilt that comes when you have enough oil and you attract the people that don't? Because guilt starts to set in. We start to feel guilty. God tells us to love all and serve all. God says all this stuff in the Word, but then He sits down and gives us a parable about the kingdom. And He talks about wise, and He talks about foolish. And then what happens is we try to sit in guilt because we attract people that don't want to have their own oil. So let me help you with that. Because every wise bridesmaid, for every wise bridesmaid, there's a fool. Five fools, five wise. For every wise, there's a fool. Isn't it amazing how you attract people who are so different than you? That if you're not careful, you become guilty trying to be their savior to everyone else. When you just have enough oil for your calling, your position, and your opportunity, and for your favor of God, with God. You become guilty trying to be the savior to somebody else. I'm going to give you some help today, church. I'm going to give you some resources today, church. I hope this is good. I don't read on it right now. The Bible says that I'm going to set you free. We've already talked about this in the past, but it was talking to 25:9 that when it all went down, they, we don't have enough. But but what I love what the NIV says. Uh, 25.9 in the NIV says, what's that first word? No. Nope. Can you shout it for me one time? No. How about no? <laughs> what part of no don't you understand? How many ways can I say no to you? Man, your breakthrough is just you saying no to somebody. Come on. I've already said this. But I have to say it again because it got popped back out of my face. I even showed you a video of some crazy people online saying no. 
Like if you're struggling. Yeah. No! no! <laughs> and some of you are so guilty, you're like, no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> what are you doing? And you find yourself exhausted because you're taking on something that's not yours. You have your oil, they got to get more. No! Oh, Jesus. You ready? I hope you're, you have the spiritual boots on. Take them off, whatever, it doesn't matter. Woo! Somebody shout that one more time. Yeah. Isn't it easy to tell your kids no? I mean, if you're good at that, but why is it somebody else that's always leeching on you you can't say no? Uh -oh. Come on. Come on. And then you're exhausted and you need a prayer request because you can't have self-control. I'm praying like I'm trying to exhaust my prayers because you can't say no. Watch out for that. Woo! So much mad. <laughs> but is it not real? Now it's a prayer request because you can't say no and you feel exhausted and confused and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to shove that towel in his mouth. I'll pray for that later. If I just keep putting that in my mouth, you know I've got to be holding because the people in this room know I'm saying stuff that I need to be asking God to forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> There's a book of Brandon. Book of Brandon. Woo! Just say no to drugs. Okay, so. Just say no. Here, here it is. I'm going to set you free again. You have to say no. I can't say no. This is this is what we this is what we get. I can't say no. And then we always want to say why. And then it's like this. I can't say no. I'm related to him. I can't say no. I grew up with him. I can't say no. I'm in love with him. I can't say no. I can't say no. Let me help you out. Just open your mouth and say, no! No! No, Brandon. You might be doing it wrong. Just check it out. Now he's making fish faces. He's going. Here's what happened, and they said no, and they went in, and they got you because they were not prepared, and they missed out. 
Just say no. Wisdom demands that you say no. You can't be wise and say and not say no. It's foolish for you not to say no. I'll say it like this. It's foolish for you to say yes to a If you wasted your oil, you gotta hear what I'm saying. If they wasted, you hear me? If they already wasted their own oil, they're gonna waste yours too. They need your oil, but if they've already wasted theirs, they're gonna waste yours. And you're so busy trying to be nice and trying to say yes to a fool. So the wise and they they all just said no. We can't. And basically what they're saying is, I will not be your provision. You know what foolish people do? Foolish people think that wise people are their provision. For every wise person, there's a fool trying to burn up your oil. And the answer the Holy Spirit gives us all today is just say no. You may run out of oil if you don't learn to say no. If you can't say no, then you're the fool. There are some people in the room that are so dependent. Or I guess I would say they're just so depleted that they just can't say no. Their oil is on the back end of running out, dripping dry because they can't say no. They've given it to everybody. They've given it to all the family members. They've given it to everybody else. But I can't. I feel bad. I feel bad. See, why others are being delivered from drugs and people are being delivered from domestic violence and all those other things, uh, some of y'all need to be delivered from people. People get delivered from stuff, but you need to be delivered from people. You've got to say no. Because if you don't, you miss it. Every wise person has a fool close by. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to, when they said, you're not. No, you're a fool. You don't have your will. That's your fool. The text says, five fools, five wives, trying to get some oil. Because I'll say it like this. If one of the five would say, okay, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get you some of that oil. Oh, my goodness. He's coming. Oh, it rained. Oh, he's saying he's coming. Let me get you some of that oil. If he gave, she gave oil to one of the foolish, guess what happened? There would be six at the door knocking. Come on. Oh, man, I feel so bad. You should have. I have just, I might have, I, I, I got extra, but I don't know if it's enough. And, and then you feel guilty. Oh, God, no. No, you got to say no. I'm sorry. You didn't prepare for this. I am so sorry. I love you. You might be my daughter. If it's my own daughter, I'm sorry, honey. I can't do this. I'm not going to hell for you. But the problem is, is we put it on ourselves with our own family and friends and the people we feel so guilty for. I'm not saying people don't need help. Don't twist my words. But Christ is saying the kingdom of heaven is like ten bright faces. Why is it foolish? If you can't say no, you don't go in. 
You feel depleted because you're always chasing somebody else's problem. That's not your own. You had oil. You had extra. Now you ain't got none. Woo, Jesus. I need enough oil. I need enough oil to make it through this sermon. Amen? Jesus, I need enough oil because it's harder than I thought. I need enough oil because raising kids is harder than I thought. I need enough oil because starting a business was harder than I thought. I need enough oil because being a preacher is harder than I thought. I need enough oil because marrying somebody is harder than I thought. I need, you see what I'm saying? You've got to have extra oil for every situation you deal with. within the time on everything else and have the oil. Shrug it. Oh my gosh. This is so good. Is this good for you guys? You got to stop spending everything you got. Your money, your energy, your time, your compassion, your emotion, and your efforts. Because we are at a midnight season, church. We are at a midnight season and you only have a jar full of oil. And as cold as it sounds, and as tough as it sounds, you have to sometimes say, even to your own family and your own friends, get your own oil. Talking about people who are spending all their time, even people who spend all their time on the phone listening to other people's troubles and never taking your advice. But you can't help but to pick up the phone. Trying to release you today. You've got to say no. You've got to say get your own oil. There comes a time if they haven't, if they don't listen the first time or the second time, why are you going to say it the third time? There comes a time where you just say no. It says, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Oh, there's an alarm. I need to get up. Oh, my goodness. The next scripture says, oh, my gosh, they got up and they trimmed their wicks. And then they realized, half of them realized, I need some oil. I don't have enough oil. What the heck? See, they were all sick. You ever been just somebody startled you? Like, uh, like my wife, where are you at, girl? No. But don't wake up girl up in a, in a weird way. She'll find you. <laughs> You know some people that just wake up ready to fight? Oh my God. Who is attacking you? <laughs> you know how you can just get startled when you wake up sometimes? Like, oh! The bell is ringing. The bridegroom. Oh my gosh, I gotta trim my wicks. Okay. What is everybody doing? Why is everybody trimming the wicks? So you're so sure that if you trim your wick, you know you ain't got enough oil. That you're going to rely on the wise to fill your oil. That you're going to go ahead and try to trim your way through. Why do we trim the wick? The reason we trim the wick is because that's the thing that turns oil into life. Everybody has a man. Everybody has a wick, but only five had oil. The oil turns 
fade into some light. You have to turn it on. And I'll say it like this. There's people in this room that are soaking up the oil that's coming forth in this conversation right now. There's people soaking it up. What God wants to do is turn on the light. They're soaking up the oil that is happening, that is being said. See, when you turn, when you cut the wick, what's it do? It causes it to be clean and pure. It's a clean and pure light. If you don't cut the wick, what happens? It, it, it gets real dim and, and, and it gets real smoky. And this is what we've had. we got people saying, this is the light. They're shining the light, but they're not trimming the wick. And now we're all smoky trying to get through life and trying to figure out what they're doing with themselves. They're not taking care of what God gave them. I don't care if you got you a Yankee candle or whatever kind of candle. If you don't trim the wick, you start saying that thing do all kinds of stuff. They start getting black and all smoky and all kinds of You can't go anywhere if the light is leaving you if it's all smoky and it's real dim. See, we don't understand that concept when Jesus is talking because it's real simple for us to put the light on right now. And that's how we live. I'm going to be the light. Okay, but then be the light when you have to take care of the light. It's work. You have to take care of it. When you carry the lamp before you, when you go, he says the, the light goes before you. So, you know, I've never seen anybody put a lamp behind the back and act like we're going to go forward in the dark. What do we do? We put the lamp in front of us. It guides us. You can't go anywhere with it behind your back. The light guides us and directs us. So if you don't trim the wick, it says they got up, they trimmed the wick, and they realized the five bullets like, we ain't got the oil for this wick to be soaked up into the oil. What do we do? Here's what we have to do, guys. You need to dip your wick in the oil. You have to dip it into the oil. Some are left, some are wise. You have to get your own oil. What do you do? By the time you get your own oil, the door is closed. You've wasted your time. But you don't know. I, here's what's crazy. They all have the same opportunity, but they're talking. They're like, but I knew you. I went to church. Maybe I went to the church. Maybe I went to this church. Hey, hey I'm that guy that's come to six churches. I hop around. I'm in a church. I know God. I come on Easter. I come on Christmas. I come. I, what, you, I say it, but I don't know you. Well, if you don't know somebody, that means you don't have a relationship. Because if you really had a relationship, you would know the ins and outs of that person. And you would know what, what attracts them, what draws them. Well, I know, you don't know me because if you knew me, you would be prepared for me. And there's going to be a lot of upsets happening in the world when some people, they call themselves Christians, I'm going to be able to get in the door. It's cute, but it's not cute anymore. It's time to grow up. And some people are like, well, I need your oil. Well, you can't. Your mom didn't raise no fool. You can't go to heaven on your, what do they say, your mama's skirt tail? And how? And there's people trying to act anointed with nobody. Who wants anointed? Anyway. You need to dip your wick in the oil and convert some of that anointing and, and like, 
that's missing. Never before in the history of church have we seen people that are so distracted in all my life, in all the years. It, it, it never before has, has has everything been at our fingertips, whether it's Google, whether it's, whether it's you know, you can, you, if you don't feel, anybody else do this? If I don't feel good, I'm going to Google that. Dr. Google's going to tell me what's wrong. Dr. Google, don't you wish that the Dr. Google would give you the prescription you need instead of the insurance holding hostage? Yeah. Anyway, that's another story. But oh Jesus! But there's all kinds of stuff going on, and here's what we've seen with all the tech and all the stuff and all the ability, churches like it is, all the stuff that's happening. What we're noticing is there's a lot of lanterns, but there's no oil. See, in the old church back then, we're talking about old church, primitive church. I'm talking about old church, your great-grandma's church. See, maybe, maybe folks didn't sing on key. You know how you got some people that are just like, ah, you know. Maybe they didn't sing on key, and they weren't spot on on the note. But I'll tell you this. They sung with power. Maybe they didn't hit that grip that you need to hit. But they had the glory. The old church didn't have the padded seats that we enjoy, the AC that we enjoy. Remember the bank flags and the band? There's no AC. Hard wood floor. See, look, you're, you're good. Like some kids are in here because we're trying to get people to help in the kids' ministry. Just doing good. But back then, there was no, like, every time you move, everybody said, I'm going to move here. Anybody see kids underneath the pews, lying around? Just you watch your skirts, girls. They're walking. They're walking. They're walking. And then you pop it up between your legs, like, what the? But it wasn't, things have changed, but I'll tell you this. They're watching and they're seeing something happen.
where depression can't walk in, and fear can't come in, and thoughts of suicide can't walk in. The oil that just disrupts and covers it all. We need the kind of oil set before you today. We need the kind of oil that brings your children into alignment. We need the kind of oil that will pronounce to the generations blessings until you and your daughter and your son and your grandson and your granddaughter and your great-grandkids are walking in the supernatural power of God. We need the oil of God. We need the oil that covers families. We need the oil that covers bodies. We need the oil. We need an oily praise. Church, give them an oily praise. Come on.
Spirit of God breathed into man is like a living lamp, a shining light that searches into the most inner chambers of our being. See, when you let the oil come into your life, and when you say, I got my extra oil, guess what, church? I came today with extra oil. Did you? What if Christ came, and we're talking about ten, ten wives, or five wives, five foolish Because I ain't knocking nobody, but I'm just going to, just, I want to keep it real in a perspective. What if he opened the door at 1030 and shut it right after? How many of you would not be in this room today? We come with an expectation. We have our oil ready. It doesn't matter. I'm coming early. I'm getting prepared. So God's going to move. I'm going to pray with these chairs. God's going to do something in this room. God's going to do something amazing. I'm coming with, when you come with that, that's what God does. He leads you to the craziest places with your expectations and change the atmosphere in places you never know. You become David just bringing some bread and taking a sword. Man, it's so good. I'm going to do something different. Oh. 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 I'm gonna do some kind of something. Yeah. I don't think I can do this couple. They're so great. Oh, that this is not normal. I'm telling you, 
What did I say at the beginning? You won't, you won't be part of something that's going to change, that's going to set a tone for a lot of people. You realize you have two children, beautiful children. And the craziest thing that I just heard three days ago, the next three days is going to be the most incredible time. It's going to be the craziest and the hardest time at the same time. I, they said, listen, I want to serve, I want to lead, but I can't do it the way I'm doing it. I have to set an example. I need to seal the deal. We want to be married. But I can't do it in any other way. The Holy Spirit is Now, we're not going to get this because, you know, Benita or whoever didn't put the flowers or didn't get it all set up and all this and that. But it doesn't matter when the bell rings, you're going to do it. supernatural moment in this room. I'm not even playing. 
and this is not normal. We're having church, and somebody's getting married, and then they're getting baptized. Amen. And you're out, and they're close.
messed up, church. I don't know if you understand this. We're living in a supernatural moment that is unfolding in this moment. This is it. This is what it's about. 
I know you work hard for what you have. You're a hard worker. And I know that's hard to receive. But I'm telling you right now, the ground is fertile. When you obey the, the Spirit of God, and you open yourself up, people can't help but bless it. Because they know it's going to be a turnaround for them. They know they're going to reap a harvest for themselves today. They know when they give, they're going to receive. You want to see revival? This is it. This is it right here. Hallelujah.